Welcome to the Power to Win Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Oliver, here with Dane Lee. Uh, today, we're going to get right into it. We're going to talk about um, kind of how we program different here uh, versus other gyms you might go to or might have seen. Um, and I, I'm going to talk more for this direct area of, of things I see um, and I guess to an extent some of the online world um, based on what I've been told, what I've seen, what you know, my clients have, uh, how do I say it? Um, had advertised to them, <laughs> um, which is, is kind of another thing in itself. We, we've always had a lot of, uh, females that we do coach. So generally when they're in these other gyms around the country, there's going to always be some guy or some, you know, old powerlifting coach or old, whatever Olympic lifting strength coach, it's going to try to um, persuade our females to be coached by them. Kind of like the guy that said that my programming was uh, was trash. Uh, told that to Bree. And then Bree went in and just smoked everyone and took home <laughs> best lifter. You don't know how good that feels like as a coach when like someone talks shit like yeah. that and you don't say a word. And then your lifter goes in and just absolutely kills everybody. But the programming was trash. But the programming was trash. So. She just got lucky. Yeah, probably, probably pure luck. That's how powerlifting so, works. Yeah. Um, it's funny because like that person knew absolutely nothing about me. They just it was literally a, like an ego thing of trying to get an athlete to work with him. Meanwhile, all of his athletes uh, seemed to get hurt. A couple of them switched out from him to be coached by other people. Uh, I think one of them works with Lindsay now. So, kind of funny how that works. But that's what happens when you're a, a fucking moron. So, um, but, you know, I'd say the, the, the big difference with us. So, why we can kind of say what we say, why we can kind of do what we do, um, is one, the results have been proven. I mean, that shit is solidified. You cannot really say anything against the coaching that has been done in this gym, uh, with, with any of the coaches, um, with the recovery, with anything, because we have shown time and time and time again for years now, not just one year, not just two, you know, we're going on a very, very long time of, you know, a decade for most of us, decade plus of showing results. Right. Um, that's scary. I just, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Isn't that crazy when you start (laughs) thinking about that way? Yeah. Um, I mean, Dan's, Dan's approaching retirement. Yeah. I mean, he's been doing this for forever. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, when you've had this consistent, constant results and, you know, the thing is like, there's, for example, like a, a guy I'm prepping for a bodybuilding show. He's going to do one probably late spring or maybe uh, sometime in the early part of the summer. And I think people forget how many people I put on stage before. Mm-hmm. So there's people listening. I probably don't even know that, that, you know, I put all these people on stage and, you know, they've always placed like generally top seven or most of them in the top five. You know, it's like you, just because you don't see it online doesn't mean it hasn't been done kind of thing. Right. I'm not going to sit there and post every day the results from all my people. Uh, someone hit a squat PR today that you guys probably won't even see. Not because I'm not sharing every little thing that goes on in right. this world, right? Um, becomes oversaturated if you start doing yeah. all of that. I mean, if you want to see PRs or like the great things my clients are going to do, you're going to get sick of me posting mm. because it happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it 
It, I mean, especially like with the comp, the amount of people I coach, the composition changes, the, you know, PRs that are happening in training that, you know, the people that Lindsay are training, you know, we would just constantly be posting, right. you know, <clears throat> not that like, I don't want to show what we're doing, but it's also like to an extent it gets a little old, you know, we're, we're just, we're busy. We're coaching. Mm-hmm. We're doing what you should be doing is coaching, not putting out, you know, regurgitating content um, we're actually showing our results whenever we do that so um anyway back to the original point um i think the big thing that sets us apart is the way we go about things and everyone uses this like term well it's in a scientific manner like to an extent yes but i think it's the guidance that separates us apart from a lot of other people so what do you mean for example, you know, you're seeing, I'm going to have to take like 50 sips of water because I've been sick and my throat's drying out. So <laughs> Small interlude. That's great. Um, <clears throat> for example, like you'll see the guidance we give just uh, something simple, like uh, when you're eight weeks out from a meet or something like that. Um, and let's say you need to cut a few pounds, you know, the way our guidance is about when you should start your diet and how your cardio might need to go if you need to do any kind of cardio to make weight or the lack of not doing any cardio to make weight where the volume is stuff like that. We don't automatically just flip the switch to, okay, we need to increase your cardio, cut your food way down, you know, all those things. We take it in strides. Mm -hmm. you know, to see where you end up and it's all calculated to where we think you're going to end up. This is why, like, for example, like when someone needs to cut for a meat, generally we're not changing anything up from our plan to get stronger, right? We're just going to adapt the diet as needed and then figure out what we're going to do at the end. Is it a two hour way? Is it a 24 hour win? Are we going to cut water? Or are we going to diet down? You know, are we going to diet down to a certain point, then cut water? Mm. Um, do we need to add in a little bit of sustained cardio? And I'm, I'm not talking like circuits. I'm not talking about being a dumbass doing high intense training. I'm talking about doing slow, sustained work to increase your output, right? Um, I can go on and on with any scenario you can give me and tell you what another coach would do and what I've seen done and what we do. And it's usually the complete opposite <laughs> to be honest. Um, one thing that we do with powerlifters. So a lot of, I've got a young, a lot of young powerlifters right now. Lindsay has a lot of young powerlifters. What we do is we, we go after technique first. So we really dig down into your technique. Okay. Now with youth athletes, especially technique is hard. All right, because they're growing fast, their bodies are changing. They might adapt quick, but they like to revert back. They're just not as like in tune and they don't they haven't had the experience, the reps to put it into muscle memory, right? <clears throat> into their um their adaptations being neurological to where they can just walk in on a given day and show me a perfect lift. <clears throat> so you know, with like a lot of these young lifters, especially, we really get down on technique first before we get allow them to increase weight. Off the start, there are times when that can have a lagging effect 
at first to your progress in weight. We're not looking to, hey, this person started with us two months ago and look how strong they got in two months. Yay, hurrah. No. We're trying to fix your technique and get your technique to a point where that person jumped out ahead of you two, three months. Six months from now, you're going to absolutely destroy them. Two years from now, they won't even be in your rearview mirror anymore because you're so far ahead of them because they chose to not fix their technique. Their coach didn't fix, fix their technique. Kept pushing weights up. They stalled. They have shit technique to, to, so they can't move forward, right? Happens all the time. It's that big picture view. Yeah. So we have a picture of, of longevity and you know, trying to get these lifters better two, three, four years down the line not better in four months. Right. Right. Um, <clears throat> now when you bring in someone like even my intermediate people that I'll coach, like the first thing I do is start to break down your technique and that might frustrate some people. And I really don't care. Like if you're not going to take the time to come back down and fix those things, you're not going to get better. And there's people I've been trying that have, that, have, that have tried to fight me on that and haven't fixed their technique. And guess what? They stall mm-hmm. at some point. And I tell them, got to fix it. Then they have to come down. They wasted, you know, six months of training because they have to come back down now when they should have went back down before fix it. And then they end up finding out, you know, a year later that I was right because their technique gets fixed and all of a sudden their weights are shooting up. Right. Right. So I know it's going to vary and I know we've talked about it before, but how long would you say you spend training technique, especially with a younger new lifter? Uh, just so people can have an idea of like what the first that time two to three is. months are, you know, first eight to 12 weeks. Okay. The first couple blocks there are very much oriented around like, let's get your technique together. All right. Um, doesn't mean we can't get stronger in that time. Uh, and if you're putting in the work, you're still building a base regardless. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you're not showing up to the gym and you're sitting at home. Um, <clears throat> so you're still building a base, but this happens all the time, especially with high school kids. They'll come in, they've maybe played a sport before, and they're like, yeah, I you know, squat, whatever, 350, and I bench 300, and I, you know, this and that. Okay, your bench is touch and go. Your ass comes off the bench. You know what I mean? This is, you have to pause it in powerlifting. Um, <clears throat> your ass has to stay on the bench. You know, your squat is high. It's five inches high. That football squat ain't going to cut it. So <laughs> we need to immediately take, like, you know, a lot of times it's it's dramatic. Like, these these guys, you know, and these girls, like, especially the guys, the football players, you got to cut 70, 80 pounds, hundred pounds off their squat right away Yep. because they're not, they can't get down to depth with that weight and it screws them up. So you got to get them down and you got to take the weight way down, um, to get them to do reps to where they're feeling the bottom and knowing what a full squat is. Mm-hmm. And then you can start to bring that back up. What generally happens is when you bring it back up they revert back and they start cutting their squats high. So you got to tell them like, we can't go up until you get that under control. Yeah. You know what I mean? And again, they'll, they'll try to like, they try to push back on it and that just, they some found out the hard way, but most of them figure it out that once one, it's going to be a better squat for you anyway, Two, it's the competition standards. So if you want to get better, you have to do it. Um, <clears throat> people in their start position on deadlifts, See that all the time mm-hmm. where the chest is caving, sternum's not high. Um, you know, maybe they have a low hip start or too high of a hip start. 
you know, little things like that, or they don't know how to get tension out of the bar. They lock out soft knees or, you know what I mean? It's always Mm. something. And those little things can take, if you let them build and you get to where you can pull, you know, some of these guys came in, they, you know, you can rip 500 pounds and you're, you know, 19, 20 years old. That's great. But at the same time, like that's your technique isn't going to get you to 600. Right. They just won't. It's that idea. uh, I know we've talked about it with Dan, especially where like you're, uh, you are succeeding despite how you're doing it, not because Mm -hmm. of how you're doing it. And it automatically puts a limitation on what you can get out of it. It's like, yeah, yeah, you're fast or you're strong or Mm -hmm. you're good. You're not as good as fast as strong as you should or could Mm -hmm. be if you were to fix some of the things that you need to fix. Well, me and Dan have talked about that when I was considering coming over and doing, um, you know, weightlifting and trying to be like a good masters one Mm -hmm. day. But I told him, I said, Dan, I said, honestly, like, I don't know because I feel like my mobility, my, my joints and things like that. I feel like I would get to a certain point and the mobility set in and, and fucked for life. I mean, there's no way I'm going to get more out of my knee. That is proven. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? That is medical doctors. Like there's no fucking way without them going in and cutting everything back out and trying to get that. There's, there's nothing, right? right? There's no more flexion. So you take something as simple as that. It's like, okay, if I do this wonky, you know, half-ass snatch, you know, or even on the clean and jerk, like if I can't get, that low under the bar, where does that weight stop? When does basically muscle fucking it stop my mm-hmm. progress? You know, and it's like it's probably not worth it. To, I mean, what am I gonna do? Snap, power snatch to two hundred sixty pounds, two hundred seventy five pounds, maybe. If maybe. I got just stupid, ridiculously strong, you know what <laughs> I mean, and got halfway decent technique, mm-hmm. you know. And I mean, what's the clean jerk gonna be? Maybe three thirty. You know, range, like maybe. And it's like the risk reward there. It's not worth it to to do that. But if I could fix my technique, if I could fix my mobility, then Mm -hmm. yeah, there's going to be a lot more top end there. I mean, I think we all know that. But it's just the, for me, like, that's the cards I'm dealt. Like, it's not going to fucking, it's not going to work out. You know what I mean? It's too bad they don't have like you know a, <coughs> a jerk only or like yeah hang clean jerk yeah. competition like the way that they have like the push pull yeah like we're just gonna have a jerk competition because you'd have enough flexion in the knee to handle that part. Yeah. Well, when I even when I was doing um, more Olympic lifting, I think I jerked like three forty or three forty five off the blocks, um, but I'd only ever cleaned two eighty five two ninety or something like that. Oh, so you had a big yeah. discrepancy between the two. Huge okay, gap yeah. there. Now, mind you, like, I mean, I don't have, like, the greatest coaching or anything. But, like, even when I hit that, I mean, the lowest I could get to was, like, a parallel front squat position. Like, it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe slightly above parallel front squat position. Like, I can't catch it in the and ride to the bottom like these, you know, guys can. I just don't have that. Just, like, bounce off their calves. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not, not how it is. So, um, but, again, going back to that point is, like, that technique would hinder me from being where I possibly could be based mm-hmm. on strength level. Right. Um, 
in Olympic lifting, it's even more exacerbated than it is in powerlifting. Powerlifting, you can muscle fuck some things. Olympic lifting, no. <laughs> Good luck. Like you're gonna get you're gonna get killed by some you know, someone two weight classes under you. <laughs> yeah. Because you have no technique at all. You know. So it just doesn't work that way. But um I wanted to come back to some I've never understood the idea of ego uh, overruling curiosity mm-hmm. and kind of what you're talking about when you had the person who was uh, saying that like your programming is trash or even actually when you're talking about someone who says uh, that you know their reasoning for why they don't have to change their technique uh, is good enough and they're not going to listen to you and then they mm-hmm. find out six nine months later like they should have that ego that they decide to run with i've never understood like not just setting that aside and going let's find out Mm -hmm. let's just see i was like you know here's this person who i have hired i am paying them money i should expect them to be an expert and they're saying we need to change your technique yeah i've stalled out for a certain period of time trying to do it the Mm -hmm. way i've been doing it and i'm not making progress why wouldn't you just say let's try yeah. You know, what's the worst one way or another, you're probably going to lose six months. Mm-hmm. You can lose it and not make any progress. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you get back right to where you were before. You have different technique. You didn't get any stronger, I think, but you learned a lesson. I think because, okay, when you first try to change technique, it feels like shit. And a lot of times, especially when you're at that higher level, like when you're, when you're at a lower level, you change the technique, it can feel good right away, you know, for sometimes. And it's like, oh, shit, like, because you're using things right. Mm-hmm. When you're at a higher level and the weight, the loads get bigger, it's like, when you try to change technique, it feels really fucking weird because it's hard to move that sort of weight without neurologically being dialed into it, if that yeah. makes sense. Because oh, yeah. everything's a timing thing. Everything's like, you know, it's kind of like the person that learns like, you know, golf and they can kind of play the game. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and they're fairly well, you know, but then they need to start learning how to put different spins on the ball and things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like that frustration of not figuring that out. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, you have to kind of revert back and take and break things down to start to learn that, that new technique of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, same thing with like, I, I'll use baseball analogy. It's, it's perfect too. It's like when someone changes their, uh, their swing, right. That takes time and you're not going to be able to go out and just rock fastballs and breaking balls, you know, off that new technique. You're going to have to go to BP and take some slower balls at first, you know, and just kind of figure out the timing, figure out the groove of it. You might have to go off of your, um, <clears throat> off of your, your stands, off of your different uh, soft tosses, things like that first, right? Um, you know, it's kind of the same concept. So but what happens is people, they, they get flustered about it and they feel weaker and they feel like they're not going to make it back to that top end strength because they're so used to doing it the other way. Because I've been there when I changed from kind of a grip and rip style with my deadlift, guess what? I could never fucking hit 700 that way, right? Mm -hmm. 
I had to learn to uh, grab the bar and set my lats in and wedge in properly and drive, right? When I first started doing that, it was so, it felt like complete shit. I felt like I had no speed off the ground. I felt like I couldn't mm-hmm. move the bar. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was even way lighter weight than I'm used to pulling, right? And I've already taken a couple guys through this. So Ryan was another one, grip and rip, grip and rip, grip and rip. And that only got him so far. Mm-hmm. And then when he learned to kind of like start to slow down a little bit, hit a deadlift PR, you know? Um, so it's one of those things where it's like ego, it's your own ego talking to you, like saying you won't be as strong and well, I've already gotten here, so I'll be all right. It's just, I just need more time. I'm just plateauing right now. I just need more time, you know, Mm -hmm. or something like that. You'll start telling yourself these things when it's not that you need to fix your fucking technique. Yeah. Um, a video came up, came up. (laughs) <laughs> a video came up I said it again <laughs> a video came up um, on uh, memories or whatever the hell you know on uh, Facebook or, social, or Instagram or I don't know something but anyway it was the first time that I squatted 600 in competition okay and <clears throat> it was a very narrow stance uh, more of like a high bar type squat and you know, I hit the bottom, I'm coming up, and it's, like, a little bit shaky because it's basically a high bar squat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, you know, I remember that point is when I had to start fixing my squat technique because that was hard as hell to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I started fixing it, and it took me some time. Felt like shit, you know? And then I ended up going to that 675 range, right? 660. Mm-hmm. From there... To get over seven, I had to really start to dial things in. I thought I knew how to squat when I squatted 400. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just because you've done it one way, that doesn't mean that's the way that gets you to, you know, seven, 800 pound squats. Right. You know, the way I squatted at 400 isn't the way I squatted at 700. So, um, there's a lot that changed along that way, you know, with my mechanical What levers. was your highest squat in the, one of your last competitions? Uh, 733. Cause I remember, uh, one of the work sessions that you were doing, we actually, you had made a video about it afterward talking about this connection, uh, in the back that you're supposed to feel down. Like that was yeah. a new thing that you were working on and trying to do. And it allowed mm-hmm. you to have those higher numbers. But I mean, that was after how many years that yeah. you were still refining, honing, changing, yeah. like improving. Mind you, what like you're doing, I've been through a lot of lower problems, injuries, not hundred percent built squat. Don't have huge legs or anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but at that point between, you know, my time, you know, doing CrossFit and stuff and, and this is like post knee surgery, you know, post Crohn's surgery, but just getting back to the gym. And, um, when I first went back to the gym, admittedly, I, I wasn't doing squats and shit. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was doing like body weight kind of just to like get range on my knee, you know, but I, I was the leg press guy or the extension guy. Cause I just needed to build some mass there. And I was like, can't squat for shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not lightly squat here and there, but not, not training squat all the time. Right. Right. Um, until I got back in, until I went into CrossFit. So, 
from that point to squatting 70, 30, 7, 733 is 10 years. So 10 years. Now, mind you, I squatted when I was younger playing sports too, right? So it wasn't like that's the first time I ever squatted. Right. But think of like 10 years of consistent squatting and I changed my squat so many times through that to get to that point, mm-hmm. right? So... Um, same with my deadlift. Every, every lift has changed dramatically from the way I used to do it. You know, so like you say, student of the game. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to our topic of how we're different, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, I think that again, how we're different is the experience side of it. There's not one other gym owner and group of coaches besides one that has been a a true competitor in this area not one and i'm not talking you played sports in college or whatever or high school or really you know rec ball or whatever if you start to think about there's only one and she actually stopped competing what right after she opened her gym or shortly after, maybe a year or two. But, yeah, stopped competing. But if you think about it, there's no other coaching staff that competes, like competes, competes for real in this area. There might be a coach here and there, maybe, but I can't think of any. I'm trying to think of them. I guess I never took the time to actually think about it, but, yeah. Yeah. So the, the fact of being there, we've been there. Mm-hmm. We're in it. You know what I mean? We don't just talk about it. We've lived it or we are living it, right? We're not these people that started seeing a little bit of money in coaching or, um, you know, little or, oh my God, it's stressful opening a gym. I became an elite, God, I got a bad itch. (laughs) (laughs) I became an elite athlete uh, in different weight classes the whole way up. I got better my entire, as my business grew, I grew. I got better the entire time with injuries. So you can't, like, no one can sit there and say, like, you know, don't give me your fucking excuses. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear it. But, again, like, just the fact that we've been there before. We're not just like, well, you should do this, um, you know, and we're taking guessing games. No, I've I've been there. I know what you're going through. I know what the outcome is going to be if you continue down this path, right? So that is, that's a huge thing that sets us apart. Um, and then I think the other is like just staying up to date with when you're, when you're, when you are truly like science based, um, you don't just change your opinion right away when something new comes out, there's some new article fad, whatever that pops up, new study. You don't just change your whole mindset and thinking of like, Oh yeah, well, now I believe that, and you just start talking about that. No, you you analyze it and see if it sways you at all, or it might confirm something you already knew, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the information we tell people and that we put out are things that we've seen for years and years and years that have been true, you know? <clears throat> so we're not just putting out content to put out content, we're telling our clients things just to tell them things, you know. 
and nothing we do is random. That's another big thing. We don't just randomly write shit on a board. We don't just randomly give you a workout, you know, because you're coming in for a session. Everything's calculated. It's another big difference. You know what's funny is I would completely agree with you. And until you said that, I don't know that I would have listed that as a difference. It was just something that I'm annoyed by other people not doing. Because mm-hmm. yeah. that's something like every single time someone walks through that door, the massage or the recovery session that they get is tailored to what is happening in that moment. And mm-hmm. it might, to anyone on the outside, it might look very, very similar. Mm. But there are a number of things that are happening that are just being calculated and thought through that say, this is what needs to happen, or this is what I'm able to do. And from what I'm able to do, this is what I'm going to pick to provide to them. Mm. It's not, all right, this is just the type of recovery session that I offer, and here you go. Like Mm. you said, it's not just randomly writing a workout on the board and saying, start the clock, go, kind of thing. There is a lot of thought that goes into... A, like just the little details mm-hmm. and it makes a huge difference yeah well and with some of our people those little details mean the difference to them having a, a successful prep or not or you know hitting that pr or not mm-hmm. you know it's not Susie down the road who you know just started lifted and that's that's how a majority of these people's clients are is like they don't take anything serious so like they don't eat right, they don't sleep right, they don't train right. right. You know what I mean? So it's like they come in for massage just to feel a little bit better, mm-hmm. suppose, you know, or think think that they've got to feel a little better. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like yep. it's like, oh, I, oh, do, I, yeah. I need to do this. Like not, <laughs> you know, not pinpointed like, yes, this is the issue. You need to do this. Like I had an athlete come in a couple of weeks ago who was so focused on wanting to be good at this that they said they wanted to have just a consultation session with me, and we sat for 45 minutes mm-hmm. talking about their warm-up. Yeah. That, like, all, I said, tell me your entire training week. We're going to look at what are you doing, what do you have going on, what do we need to adjust, mm-hmm. if anything. And yeah. we ended up adding a couple of things, taking out maybe a little bit. Um, I The big part was that I explained to her why she was doing some of it. Like, yeah. how is this benefiting you? Why should it be happening? How is it going to help you out? And that's what they were really appreciative of mm. is looking at those little details. And guess what? She now has that for the rest of her training. Yeah. She knows that information. It's not just, Oh, I'm going to go through the motions because a coach told me I should do this. Yeah. She understands it better and yeah, therefore yeah. she's going to get more out of it. Cause she's going to have more that she puts into it. Yeah, you understand the, yeah. the level there. Yep. You know, it's like the classic thing of, you know, we constantly hear it is, I wish I would have came here earlier. <laughs> like, people, Sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but yeah, it's but a people, really common one. People notice it, and it's like, I just, I think back to when I first was a trainer, right? and I look at like the way you know I train people in things I did and I can see it you know like things I fucked up on or ways I did things I probably shouldn't I probably should have done them different but yeah you don't exactly know like you're fresh on the block you don't you don't know everything you know it's just how it is right but I'm hearing this 
from people that have been training people for eight years, 10 years, you know, five plus years. And I just don't fucking get it. Like, is it just a money grab where it's just like, okay, cool. You're paying for your classes here. Let me rah, rah you up. Good job. Um, do your stretching. Okay. Make sure you drink your water. Bye. Like, I have no idea. I just, I, I don't, I don't understand it. I understand like a lot of people aren't serious. So it's hard to, for me to look at it this way, I would think like, okay, well, you know what? None of these people are probably eating right, sleeping right. So why am I going to like go the extra mile? Maybe that's the way they're thinking. Could be, yeah. But then I know they're not thinking that way because you don't even know how to go the extra mile. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they don't know how to do that. So they actually think that they're doing their job and a good job. They're truly not, you know, because it's as good of a job as they could do. Yeah. You know, and a lot of stuff like we glorify certain people. It's, you know, a lot of stuff is advertising, you know, this and that. I'm not saying that like everybody in here is like top, like we're the best coaches in the world. Uh, Don't train with anyone else. No, I'm just saying there's a lot of fucking idiots out there in this area specifically. (laughs) I just... It's, it baffles me how dumb you all are. <laughs> I mean, I just, I try to, I, it. I try to understand it. <laughs> I try to understand it, but you, like, uh, I just, and what, what's sad is the, the person, the consumer, the client, the person that's actually trying to get better gets t- trapped in that web, wherever the hell they're at. And they get sucked into it. And they screw away three, four, five years of their time in these places and don't really reach any sort of potential they might have. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, you know, I, and again, like I talked to and have, and have dealt with a lot of higher end coaches and stuff. And I, I promise you, like, there's not a whole lot different between what we do and what they do. Um, I'm not saying like, again, that I'm as smart as some of these coaches, like maybe, maybe not, you know, um, but you know, it's kind of like I said before, like that whole following shit doesn't mean anything to me. So you, you can be a top dog coach and have 30,000 followers and all that. But if I know that you're kind of being a dumbass with your clients, then it doesn't mean shit. You know, I think, I mean, I told you about it before the guy I was helping out with a swim team, uh, doing some like, uh, prehab stuff. This was a couple of years ago and the coach said, Hey, I got this guy that, uh, came in a couple of weeks back and here's some exercises that he was talking about. And he mentions, I was like, you got him to come in. Like this was a huge guy in the prehab world. Mm. He's like, yeah, I just, you know, I messaged him on Instagram. And I look the guy up because I didn't realize that he had an account and he has like 300 followers. Yeah. That's it. This is one of the absolute like biggest names within the prehab world Mm -hmm. when it comes to youth sports. Yeah. And if you were someone who lived solely on Instagram, you'd have no idea who this person was. And it just blew my mind. I remember, um, 
when Ed Cohn had a few, <laughs> only a few followers, <laughs> um, and everyone, you know, I remember I put up an Ed Cohn quote, like it popped up on my, again, my like Facebook memory shit. I think it was back in like 2014 or 2015 okay. that I put that up. Um, I think people started to kind of figure out who Ed Cohn was maybe like 2018. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? A like, years later. Yeah. I'm not saying like I knew him from back in the day when he competed, but Jesus, like, you know, it's, it's crazy how many, uh, you know, big, bigger uh, names within the niches that no one knows about until they decide to like, you know, and a lot of times because they get advertised through somebody's bigger social media that's newer and more savvy with social media. So, but it is kind of crazy too. Like, I just think of like, over the years, how many coaches we've had come in that are no longer here too. And these coaches, like I've had to explain to them how to be a coach. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When I, I don't, I like to mentor people and I like to like, you know what I mean? Let me show you how to do this. Right. Mm -hmm. But I, I mean, there's a couple of them where I'm like, what? I'm really explaining this to you. <laughs> like, how do you not know this? These are the basics. Like, how do you not know this? How were you training people before? Like, do you, right. Do you realize how fucked up that is? <laughs> you know? Like, I just. These are the things I rant about constantly, but it does not going to, you know, not going to change anything, but. I think the uh, the more that we put out, the more, and you know what? It's the more our clients put out too, because people don't realize like that's how you grow. It's not necessarily from me doing advertising; it's from my clients doing the advertising for me. You know, so that's why it's important to like tag your coach, share your coach's stuff, you know, whatever. It's because you're helping that coach grow. So if you think that coach is smart. Mm -hmm. It's just like giving credit where credit yeah, is due. You put, you put that out there, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, like it, it, our growth, a lot of it has been, now mind you, my, we probably have the least posting clientele in the world, I swear. Um, it's amazing how few of them actually post anything. But, um a lot of our growth has came through word of mouth. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not, I mean, it, sometimes I forget to post to any kind of page, like our business page or anything for fuck a month, two months. Like it's not like we're constantly putting out information or putting out content or posting, you know, to try to get people in or whatever. We don't run a bunch of specials all the time. We right. don't, you know what I mean? Our growth has literally been word of mouth. So well, it comes back to what you were saying before, where it's like we very strategically decide, like we're not going to put out a lot of stuff. Like I do the same thing with mine mm. where, and that was hard at a certain point making that decision where this doesn't feel genuine. It doesn't feel mm -hmm. authentic at all. Yeah. Like I'm not going to sit here and put out stretches for a hip flexor 
when instead of like putting out the video, I want you to get in touch with me and say, hey, can I set up a session and we're going to talk about how to do this mm. because the stretch that works well for these five people might not work well for you. Yeah. It's like you, what you were saying with the generalization of you know, nutritional information. You can't do it. Yeah. Well, you, uh, and you see that all the time with the uh, corrections and the right. uh, prehabs or the, you know, whatever it is. These people will take some warm up that someone put out there. You know what I mean? And then another person puts it out and then another mm. person puts it out. And the next thing you know, the whole lifting world is doing this. And it might not even be correct for 50% of them. Right. And like, oh, they said this is like the best thing in the world for knee health. And it's like, it could be, but are you doing it correctly? Are you doing it? Are you ready for this particular thing? Or Mm -hmm. do you need something easier? Or are you doing something already that basically mimics that and you don't even realize it? And now you're being redundant. Yeah. Or do you need something even harder than that because your strength level and your preparation is beyond it? Yeah. But you don't know to ask those questions. And so you're just taking this video mm-hmm. and be like well i'm gonna do this i'm gonna throw it well, in it's, it's like the recover the recovery thing we talked oh, about before it's like people think like oh i need to pound away the theragun for 10 minutes after my workout like you know or well i need to sit in the sauna for 40 minutes today mm-hmm. or well i should cold plunge you know five minutes after my workout's done because this person over here said to do that like no you might not need to cold plunge right then in there right your cold plunge might be an hour later you know, two hours later, you know, your cold plunge might not exist at all. Right. It might be tomorrow. <laughs> you know, like if you do it at all. Yeah. It, it's just like people just see these tools and they're just like, yep, I just throw them in there. So it's kind of like this. Like, would you go to work on your car with the wrong set of tools? No. Are you going to take a fucking hammer to your car? You know, a lot of times you need sockets <laughs> for most stuff, right? And wrenches. But you're bringing in a hammer, a, you know, a sledgehammer and I don't know, a, a fucking pipe grip or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, and you're trying to work on your car. Like, no, it makes no sense, right? But, but when it comes to the human body, they're just like, throw anything and everything yeah, at it. Just this will work. Do it all. Something's got to stick. <laughs> So I'm going to tell, next time I take my truck in, I'm going to tell the mechanic, <laughs> yeah, just try everything. Something's got to be wrong Something with it. Something's got to fix it. <laughs> yeah, something will fix it. Oh, man. But you know what I mean? You diagnose and then you strategically use whatever tool to fix the problem. Right. Right? Well, it's not a hard concept. <laughs> you know? But, you know, and I'm, and I'm I don't. I don't know everything on recovery. You know what I mean? No, same. Um, like I'm, I'm not. Willing, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to always know. Like, okay, what should I do exactly in this moment right now? You know what I mean? Um, there's days I come and I get in the sauna for 20, 25 minutes after a workout. That could be a day where I don't fucking need it. But you know what? The warmth feels good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it's a cold day. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm going to do it. So, okay, here's a good one to finish up on that I know is a difference is the number of times that someone, like one of my clients, has gone to someone else mm-hmm. and gotten better. I don't get defensive. Yeah. My thought is, all right, what did they do and how can I do it? Yeah. 
because what I'm doing works with, let's say, 85 to 9% of the people. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely not going to be everything because I don't know everything. Yeah. And I haven't experienced all the different ways that it needs to be used on someone's yeah. injuries, right? Yeah. So when that happens, when they go to them and they're like, hey, they did dry needling, they did this adjustment, they did. And I think to myself, can, one, can I even do that? Is it within my scope? Yeah. And if it is, how do I learn how to do that so that I can help that person or someone else down the road? Mm-hmm. Instead of just saying, oh, well, you know, fuck them. They went to someone else. You know, they're yeah. not a client of mine anymore. Like, screw that person. They don't actually know what they're doing, yeah. even though it seemed to work. Well, it, it, you know, this happens all the time on um, on my side of things, too. It's like, um, uh, like Kara was pregnant. She's doing somebody's, I forget if she was doing work in her last trimester but I know she's doing like some postpartum uh, rehab thing okay. or whatever. I didn't get defensive like, oh, why, why, yeah, that baby, why, that baby's out. Why didn't you hire me day one? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And fuck no. Like, if that's what is going on right now, then that's what's going to work. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, I had a client that wanted, again, like people like to learn from other coaches. So I had a, a client that wanted to, you know, quote unquote, learn from another coach. You know, and I, I've trained her off and on for years. I said, that's fine. Like, do it, right? Um, and we're friends, so I poke fun. You know what I mean? Because right, yeah. there are some things about the coach that <laughs> are comical. Um, but if that would have worked out, and like, I was happy when I saw, like, progression. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think she since regressed. Um, but when I saw progression, I was happy. Like, oh, cool. Like, that's working. That's right, working something's now. working there. Until maybe it doesn't work out. Maybe I was right. And you are regressing, <laughs> uh, you know, but, um, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I didn't like, Oh my God, fuck that person. I'm, you know, whatever. Like it, it, if someone's going to seek out other knowledge, like for example, like if someone goes to a, a seminar, mm-hmm. wherever, that's fine. Go to your seminar. You know what I mean? Like you want to watch, all people do this all the time. Well, I watched this coach, um, this video or whatever, and they'll send it to me. Or I watched this person's YouTube and they said this. Okay, let me see what the context is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I'll tell them flat out, like, okay, cool. Okay, no. Like, you know what I mean? I'll give them my opinion. Right. I don't give a fuck who it is. I don't care if it's like claims to be best coach in the world, coach you know, whoever, and they, and they do something I think isn't fit for you. I'm going to tell you that if I think it could work for you, then I will tell you that. I mean, a lot of times the context is everything. So, I mean, you have someone who comes in and says, I went to a seminar. They said, I, not, I should be, but Mm -hmm. like athletes should be doing this. Mm -hmm. You say they're not wrong, but here's the context in which that's applicable. Yeah. And you're not there right now. You might be in like three months and that's when you could transition into this if you wanted to. But by the way, here are like four other options that you could do that are very similar Yeah, that you could also do. And like each of these are just as good. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know how many coaches I've collaborated with? I mean, it happens all the time on nutrition. Someone else is doing their programming. You know, there's a, a lot of coaches I've collaborated with um, and shit's worked out really well. You know what I mean? But then you get like in this small minded area, if some of these people's clients come to us, then it's like they rebel against them. Like, why are you going there? You should be referring your clients to us. If you really care for them to get better, mm-hmm. you should be outsourcing and referring to us, not trying to hire some 
in-house subpar coach just so you can make money. And that's the problem. You know, if we had a void here, I'd, you know what I mean? Like, and we didn't have a coach for it. I wouldn't try to fill that void with someone who doesn't know what they're doing, know what they're doing or doesn't care to do that, that niche. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm not going to ask Dan to start coaching CrossFit. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, Hey Dan, we got this CrossFit, right? And you to coach them. Like, no, we're going to send them to those coaches. Right? right. Same way as, um, the guy I'm prepping, like he's going to do physique. Um, so, like I, I'll coach him for that, but like when he bumps up to like true bodybuilding or something or a classic physique, I'll send him to somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> like, stay in your fucking lane. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just stay in your your area. It's There's a hard. big difference right there. Yeah. So, all right, we didn't get to questions today. I got another appointment, so I got to run out of here. Um, we'll try to get to those questions on the next podcast which means you have to keep listening sorry you have to keep listening to our rants <laughs> alright yep, that's it for today have a good one